Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and I'm doing a weird voice. I don't know why. I'm really excited to be recording, and this is the energy coming out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Joining me are two of my Monorail family members. Across the table is... Samantha Monorail. Where's your silly voice? I don't have one. Find one. You gotta find your silly voice. <laughs> uh, this is Samantha Monorail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and besides Samantha Monorail? Chicken. Chicken. Just chicken. Grilled chicken breast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the whole chicken. Just a whole chicken. Okay. Well, yes. welcome. Garrett Monorail, Samantha Monorail. Back with us again. No McKenna Monorail today because she's earning that money. Yep. She's stacking those papers. She got a real job. Not a real... It's not a real job. It's no. just a job. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But she is earning money, so we're proud of her. And although we wish she could be here, yes. I know she's going to miss out on talking about some of this stuff today, but that's okay. She'll be with us next week, hopefully. Today is Monday, September 23rd, and this is episode number 75 wow. of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. That's right. Three quarters of a century. We're coming up. In 25 weeks, we're going to have a massive blowout. Oh. For episode 100. Here's what I was thinking. Just on the spot, I'll tell you about it. You tell me what you think. They've added an option to this. Uh, the website that we use to host our podcast, Podbean, has added a new option where you can stream your podcast live and actually offer a hotline where people can dial in and talk to you. That might be a fun thing to do for episode 100. That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, it would be awkward if no one called. <laughs> well, it, it could be, but if we decide to do that, I guess we need to let people know we're going to do it. That's yeah. how my streams go. <laughs> <laughs> if nobody calls, we'll just do what we normally do and just talk about Disney stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's, that'll be fun. It'd be kind of interesting. We might try it. Yeah. Be on the lookout. So that's... 25, what's 25 weeks from September 23rd? Do the math. What is it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's probably in March or something. March or April. If only there was a way to find out. Yeah. That's okay. Oh, and throw your cell phone while you're at it. That's okay. So we'll talk about that some more. Maybe that's something we could do. I think that would be very fun. It'd be like an old-fashioned radio show. Something like, I don't know if anybody does shows like that anymore. We could ask Landon. Yeah, I don't know. Because that's exactly what he does on his radio show. Oh, old stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Old-fashioned call-in talk show. Um, but I think that would be fun, so we'll consider it. Today, we've got some Disney news to talk about. We're going to do that. We have an M3-4D segment, and at the end of the show, we'll chat about some things we've experienced lately, like the San Angel Inn 
that we recently had a dining experience at. And then we also can talk a little bit about Droid Depot. Yeah. Something we've done recently in mm-hmm. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And who knows, whatever else comes to mind. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Sounds good to me. We're going to start out on a sad note. <laughs> Let's bring it down. <laughs> that's, that's how we want to start our podcast, right? This is the last week for Illuminations. Yeah, that is sad. Yeah. Ending officially September 29th. Did you see when we watched it the other night that there was a lady behind us crying? She was very emotional. I did not see that. I saw her. I was like, oh. Yeah. So we did get to go see it Saturday or no, Friday night. We went Friday night. And this will probably, we think it might be the last time that we see it in person. There's a chance we go this weekend, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know either. Uh, And I actually noticed a lot of people were like kind of in that emotional state. I heard people singing along with the songs. Mm-hmm. People were like really taking it in. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to as well. You know, we, we had just come out of our dinner over in the Mexico Pavilion. We got some drinks so we could toast our, you know, and, and bid a fond farewell to Illuminations. I asked if maybe it would be appropriate for me to take my Illumina- Illuminations magic band off and toss it into the World Showcase Lagoon as, no. a, as an official send off. It is not. It is not <laughs> a good idea. After we went through all the trouble of. Going through Lost and Found, and Disney found my magic band, and now I'll just throw it in the air. <laughs> like, That's okay. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be a sad reminder every time I put it on, but yeah. It's been going on for a long time. You know, since 1989, mm-hmm. we've had Illuminations gracing the World Showcase Lagoon. Oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? I said 1989. 1999. 1999 is when Illumination started. Wow. It, My it's fault. Ran, it's had a, a good long life. Yeah, it has. 20 years. Yeah. That's, so. that's not that's not a quick turnaround on a show. Yeah. No, it's it's been going on. It, it actually started as part of the Millennium Celebration at Epcot. So if that tells you um, what was going on at that time, we were all in fear that Y2K was going to destroy the planet. Oh, yeah. People didn't weren't allowed to come to my 18th birthday party because their parents thought that the world was going to implode. Yeah. And in the meantime, Disney was creating this epic nighttime spectacular for us to enjoy uh, around World Showcase. With a lot of technology. Mm-hmm. A lot of really cool technology. They got all kinds of things it's going on in that show. Us. <laughs> yeah. They could have taken over. Oh, my god. And they gosh. had no idea. The lasers might have become self-aware and just started frying everybody standing around watching the show. Oh. Could have turned the fireworks to aim at us and just blast us away. Good grief. Drown us with those fountains. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. Every every night, if you make it out alive, then you've done something pretty spectacular. No, but it was, it's great. I mean, I know a lot of people, I, I don't know, there's people on both sides. There's people who love Illuminations. There are people who think it's just fine. Um... And maybe it was time for a change. And, and maybe it was. But that doesn't mean that it isn't sad to see it go. I love the message of Illuminations. Just mm-hmm. bringing, you know, because essentially it's a whole message of, sure, we're separated by country boundaries and water and, you know, what, what are those oceans? And <laughs> oh, wow. And on, on a lot of distance. But we're all one big planet, one big family. And that's kind of what the message of Illuminations is. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the next show is going to have a really good message and it's going to be positive and it'll be really pretty. I'm well, sure. So it's going to be, in the short term, it's being replaced by Epcot forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that's temporary. Yeah. 
And then there's going to be the show, and I I can't think of what it's going to be called, but it's it's a celebration of Disney animation. Oh, okay. So well, that's not really a, that's, yeah. That's not bring the world together. <laughs> right. It's a little different. That's definitely not. I think isn't showcase. it like the music? It's like the music of Disney or something like that. But it's told through like music from music from the movies and things like that. Hmm. I think, Interesting. I think it's something like that. Shouldn't Illuminations be a world showcase thing? Right. Exactly. That's my point. I wanted something similar, but um, we did watch a video that gave us a little preview of some of the music of Epcot Forever and some of the new technology we're going to see, like those light up kites, which is kind of an interesting thing they're pulling with the jet skis. I think it's going to be cool. I mean, I like the idea of Epcot Forever. It kind of feels like, because it's a temporary show and we know Epcot is changing drastically in the next couple of years. To me, it almost feels like, all right, all you sentimental idiots out there, come in and enjoy, like, say a fond farewell to what Epcot used to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and then we'll see what happens in the future because it is, to me, it's like the last little glimpse. Like, let's take a moment to remember all the things like we get to listen to Tomorrow's Child and we get to <laughs> listen to Magic Journeys and think about all the cool things that Epcot used to be. And we're going to do that for a few months and then, all right. That's enough of that. We'll move on. <laughs> uh, well, so. at least we aren't getting like uh, cold turkey, you know? And yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's funny to me. They called it Epcot forever. I always like to say Epcot forever with an asterisk for a limited time only. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Epcot for now. It should have been like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how you would have named it, but something more along the lines of a celebration of Epcot's history or something you know epcot forever or epcot turn the page i don't know <laughs> something because it really does feel to me like it's like a putting to bed of yeah. the old concept of what epcot was but i could see that yeah we'll see i'm starting to be a little bit grumpy about the epcot changes i come and go i mean i think that there's a lot of good things coming to epcot but i also am sad that we're losing some of the old there's a reason that a lot of people go to epcot mm -hmm. because it's epcot yeah it's different you don't need to change it it's not supposed to be like the studios it's not supposed to be like the magic kingdom speaking of the studios shouldn't this all the new stuff fit in the studios yeah a lot of people would argue that that's true yeah yeah, yeah. and the studios is pretty small they could just add on to it yeah they have to do some construction around infrastructure, but yeah, they they could. Although they just added a very large land over there in the studios. So that took up some of their space, but I don't know. It'll be fine. <laughs> Let's remind ourselves. It's going to be fine. Has all of this happened because of that new guy or is he new or He's what? not that new, Bob Chapik. Yeah. But yeah. How long has he been? Any idea? Well, I was just wondering if this is just something that's happening because of him all of a sudden kind of thing. It's possible. I, I think a lot of people blame him a lot for this idea of everything needs to be tied to an IP. And he certainly does believe that there's a lot of value in bringing IPs into the park, um, getting rid of these uh, more generic kind of... And I don't mean to say generic in a bad way, but like... Maybe the original concepts that they made for the park that people don't have some sort of a, a movie or a TV show connection to. He just thinks that that doesn't resonate really with people anymore. Mm. And that the way that you 
increase guest satisfaction and increase their money in their pockets is by tying everything to these valuable IPs that they have. And here's the thing. I like rides that are tied to the movies and TV shows. I like all that stuff, but I also think there's a lot of value in the park exclusive stories and ideas and characters that they make. And I'm mostly talking about figment right now, but other things too, you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I didn't know any of that stuff, what it was until I went to the parks and I appreciate all of it, you know? Um, I, I don't know. I agree with you. It's kind of like what they did with Maelstrom. Maelstrom was a story based on kind of the history, people say loosely based on like history and mythology in Norway. Mm-hmm. They get rid of that and they replace it with Frozen, which is loosely based <laughs> in in like the Nordic areas of the world. Right. Which really has nothing to do with Norway. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's true. I never, um, I've never experienced Maelstrom, so I don't even really know what it was. Mm -hmm. It was a ride, a boat ride. Okay, like like Frozen. It had the same. It had the same track. Oh, okay. As Frozen, you went backwards on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Backwards over the falls. Yeah, you did. Interesting. It was. I enjoyed it, and yeah, okay. Did was the it, Vikings say let it go? <laughs> they, the Vikings did not say let it go. Um, was it getting old and needed updates? Probably, but I don't know that it needed to be frozen. But I'm not against having IPs in World Showcase. I just want them to be like the idea of Beauty and the Beast in France makes sense. Because that's in France. Yeah. The idea of Mary Poppins in the UK makes sense. I'm fine with all that. And also the Perry the Platypus thing is done really well. Yeah, I like that too. I'm fine with that. I just, I don't know. I don't know. We're going off on a bit of a tangent about it, but it's, this is what's happening. Mostly it impacts Epcot more than anywhere else because Epcot was always, well, was always, it started out as a place where there weren't characters. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. I, I, um, I'm fine right now <laughs> I know you're fine. It. I know you're fine. I like and Epcot. So, and so is just about everybody else. <laughs> I don't want them to get rid of Figment, but um, I'm okay. And now I don't want them to get rid of the Seas, but they could fix the Nemo ride. Yeah. You know? It could be better. But I like the tanks. I think they're pretty cool. Tanks for the memories. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk about something that we're, at least maybe I should just speak for myself, a new thing that we're excited about. The gondolas are coming. And by the time we record for next week, they will have launched because they actually kick off on September 29th. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I don't know that we'll be able to ride them before we record and give our review of what the gondolas are like, but I am pretty excited. We got to watch Disney put out some B-roll, just stock images and footage of families having a blast on the gondolas. Yes. Enjoying a nice, comfortable ride. Pushing wheelchairs on. Yeah. And strollers. Taking in the views. Yeah. the And um, even though it's probably going to be a sweat box. Um, they look very did, comfortable. That's what I'm saying. It did look like they they had a pretty good breeze there going. There was a nice breeze going through. Those gondolas move. So, But it's going to be hot, steamy breeze it, in the summer. Yeah, it could be. 
Maybe when you're zooming over the water over there by the Pop Century and Art of Animation Resort, you know, sometimes the water coming off or the wind coming off the water is a little cooler. I love how much you try to make this like it's going to be great and, <laughs> I just and you'll defend it even though you haven't been on it yet. <laughs> well, aren't, aren't isn't there like a way where the, the window's a little like, op- there's like an opening yeah. into the thing? Yeah. So it, it will have a breeze in there. They they tried to make the windows like very reflective and so that it's not absorbing the heat and sun and then they also have it to where it's ventilated so that it's supposed to maximize the airflow airflow through the gondolas. Yeah. Um I don't I'm just saying I think I'm keeping an open mind about it cuz I just don't think if it was going to be like 100 degrees in these things and they're these enclosed boxes that you're going to be stuck in for like 5 to 10 minutes at a time, people would be passing out. Like Yeah. <laughs> like that's I, true. I don't think Disney would do that. Well, but that's just me. Yeah, that's true. And after, like, you can leave Hollywood Studios and finally get some shade whenever you go <laughs> into those gondolas. <laughs> yeah. You get a little bit of shade, but it just might be... There's no shade. Smothering. <laughs> so, I'm excited to ride them. I can't wait. I think it'll be fun. And I will be happy to bring you my personal point of view and experience once we go and ride the, my plan is once we have a chance when the gondolas are open i want to ride every link of the gondola <laughs> from point a to point b to point c to point d at like changing at the stations i want to see what all of it's like i guess we can't probably ride to the riviera resort yet because it's not open but i think that's a it's a pass through the riviera i don't think it's an end point i have to look at it again but anyway okay. but anyway that's a station we wouldn't be able to get off at either way but uh i do i want to ride it to the a Caribbean Beach Resort. I want to ride it to the Art of Animation. I want to ride it to the uh, Hollywood Studios and Epcot, and I mean all those places. I'll ride with you. Yeah, we'll we'll all do it as a family. It'll be fun. Yeah, we'll have a great time on those gondolas. A little scary. I think it'll be fine. I'm, I'm scared of heights. It it should be okay. If I can't see, like, if it's not clear on the bottom, I think I'll be fine. I would love it if it was. I would ride in the one that's clear on the bottom. Mm-mm. But I don't think any of them are. I, I know most of them are not. I don't think there are any that have a glass bottom. But if they did, I want to ride in that one. Nope. Jocelyn at Disney Gratitude one on Twitter actually asked the question, when you ride the gondolas, which characters, movies rides or whatever do you hope is represented on on your gondola and i i guessed at what you guys might say so let's see if i was right garrett who do you want on your gondola when you ride simba oh dang it messed up what did you say (laughs) i don't know why i should have thought of that of course you want simba i said stitch i know what you said for me yeah was i right yeah of course i would love to ride on a beauty and the beast win and i think i write i'm right about mckenna's too yeah i was wrong about garrett i did put a question mark beside yours because i didn't know for sure i think it'd be cool if there was a muppets one is there a muppets one? yeah i think so i would ride on a muppets one too hashtag save the muppets yeah i think there is i'm i'm trying to remember we've seen a lot of them I think the Haunted Mansion one looks super cool. Yeah. With Leota and the Hitchhiking Ghosts. And yeah, I'm excited yeah, about that. Yeah, that one's cool, too. That Definitely. Yeah. So, you know what's going to be interesting is it won't have, like, uh, like when you ride the monorail, you've got the, you know, the voiceover, uh, the narrator. There's not going to be any kind of narration or music or anything on the gondola. It's really? going to be a quiet little ride. They should at least pipe in, like, Disney elevator music. Yeah, but they don't. I guess they won't be powered, right? Because if they were powered, they could have air conditioning. Oh. So there's not going to be 
anything. Hmm. It'll just be, you'll have to talk to your family. That's weird. <laughs> and they, I, I'm, I don't know if I want to ride this anymore. The other thing is they seat 10 people, and I'm kind of wondering if they're going to make you, like if you're in a party of five or less, are they going to pair you with another family? And then all of a sudden, that's interesting because while they say they're seating for 10, I think it would be tight to have five people on those benches. And, I mean, let's say it's a party of two. Would they make you ride with another party of two? Maybe. But then you're, that's, it's a little awkward because you're in a closed space. It's like an elevator ride. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and elevator rides are awkward. Well. At least you don't have to look at each other in an elevator. Exactly. In this one, you do. You're facing each other. That's true. <laughs> and you're really close. Those things are small. I mean, in the monorail, sometimes it's just you and... But you're but not more really space. close yeah. to each other. Yeah. And you can choose to not face them. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you can just look out the window. Yeah. And you've got the narration, so you don't have to talk. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> we'll see what There won't even be goes. elevator music playing on the gondolas. Mm-hmm. And what if someone gets gassy? Oh. <laughs> At least they're ventilated. <laughs> that's going to be Garrett. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. I hope it's not you. <laughs> Stop it. I want to talk for a second before we wrap up segment one about Tomorrowland. A couple of things going on in Tomorrowland. We got a brand new Tomorrowland sign. I was devastated when the old one went down. I was very nervous about what was going to come. And now that we've seen it, I feel kind of indifferent. I'm not... I I hoped it wasn't like a finished product. I saw someone say about it that it looked like uh, Tomorrowland just got a giant cup holder installed. Yeah, someone actually posted a picture of a a Starbucks (laughs) cup in it. (laughs) And it does look like that. It's a weird design. It seems empty. Now, it does light up. We've seen that it has like lighting around the inside of the ring and then the Tomorrowland lights up. Okay, that's fine. But it's not as like over the top spacey sci-fi neon crazy yeah. like the other one was which i really like i that's miss the, that that's the point of Tomorrowland. it looks to me like they're taking away you know how in, in Tomorrowland now you've got the neon and then there's like it's like metal accents they're taking a lot of that metal out yeah and it's going to be more of this what they're doing like they've already repainted like a lot of the the buildings like mickey star traders and different things they're white with some of these pastel colors uh-huh That's modern. I I don't... Yeah, it's like a modern minimalist kind of a thing, which is what that sign looks like. I kind of thought... We saw a couple weeks ago that apparently they're they're doing like an Incredibles um, overlay in some of the contemporary rooms, like a test. And I was wondering, are they doing this because they're going to make Tomorrowland look like the Incredibles aesthetic? Like, not make it just the Incredibles land, but make it look like that? And then it would have a tie between the Contemporary and Tomorrowland, which they're supposed to be tied together anyway. Yeah. Um, but now I'm like, that the Tomorrowland doesn't have the aesthetic of the Incredibles, the, the sign. Yeah. So is it going to be more influenced by what Tron looks like? Because that's going to be a big piece of that land now. Yeah, but Tron's possible. like Tron is, is old sci-fi. It is, but, it's, but it's, it's more like wireframe and dark. I think it's like... Like, the old Tomorrowland sign and the old aesthetic wouldn't have really matched Tron. Tron is, like, its basics, like, white and neon kind of thing. Yeah, it's sleek. Yeah. And 
Um, it's kind of like when Ryan became the big guy in the office <laughs> and he brought in all this sleek new technology mm-hmm. and everything was minimalist and stuff like that. We could sue for ageism. Ageism. That's right. <laughs> we should do it. This is ageism. <laughs> Trying to make us young again. Old, old people are good. <laughs> we like old. <laughs> like the where's the beef lady. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, though, I kind of, I don't mind the sign. Yeah. Um, I do think the other one had a lot more to it, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe if they go with this whole everything is chrome in Tomorrowland, that would be cool. But they're But they're not not. doing that. That's what I hoped that that was going to happen. Because it kind of would go with that. If they were doing like a chrome, sleek kind of look in Tomorrowland. That'd be pretty neat. That's like what original Tomorrowland was kind of like. Well, not original, but like like phase B of Tomorrowland was kind of like that. But um, and I I really like that whole concept of that future, the, the retro future. Yeah, everything's chrome. You've got Jetsons sounds mm-hmm. happening everywhere. That sort of thing. That's a fun Tomorrowland. I'm worried that it's losing some of the character. I. My opinion on the sign is that I really, really don't like it. Okay. Because You're against it. it's taking away the character of Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. The whole point is that it's like not the future. It's what Fantasy you know, future. It's it's fantasy future. It's yeah. it's never gonna happen. Yeah. But that's why it's so fun. Yeah. It's silly. And that I mean Space Mountain, they're not gonna they can't change that. They right. can't change that ride. The whole, the whole point of that ride is also, like, it's silly. Mm-hmm. It's not the real future. Yeah. And I feel like if, if they're putting a, a more modern look, then they might as well just not call it Tomorrowland anymore. Right. I think they should call it Todayland sponsored by Apple. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like iPhone designs. Is yeah, what doing. it does. I wonder if they hired people from Apple. Did I you know, that. here's a fun fact. It's too uh, minimalistic. Anyone can do that. Here's a fun mm. fact, though. Did you know that when um, The Force Awakens, when they were trying to design stormtroopers for The Force Awakens, they were influenced by iPhones? Like, that's why they what? look like they do? Because they wanted them to look, like, sleek and minimal and, and kind of that idea of just... Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Apple design. I think it does work and in that region. Yeah. Because they didn't change much. They only changed the eye piece. So I think they called the same people and said, can you design a land for us that looks like a First Order Stormtrooper? Storm <laughs> and here we are. Uh, anyway, I wanted to say good news. The Astro Orbiters, which have been closed for three months, are back. Very good. But you know that centerpiece with all the planets kind of swirling around yeah. up there? I feel like that's got to change because it's not going to match what they're doing with the rest of the land. No, yeah. that, that looked like the sign. Yeah, it matched the sign. So I think that's going to have to change. Hmm. Okay. I sounded weird just now. <laughs> that's okay. That's that's interesting. I, I guess so. I mean, I'm trying to remember what it looks like. I saw somebody call like what the current or the design that's going away in Tomorrowland, they called it like a future steampunky kind of thing. It's not exactly steampunk, but it's kind of steampunk. Yeah. Because really? it's very, like a lot of gears, a lot of metal. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just feel like it's not going to match whatever they're doing. So it's, it's inefficient technology. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they'll end up having to do something with that. Side note, this past week, I watched the Dark Crystal movie for the first time in probably 30 years. Yeah. Because I have not seen that movie since I was very little. And one of the things I noticed is when they go to the... And I can't remember the character's name. They go to that uh, old witch lady's house. Yes. And she has something in the middle of her room that looks like the centerpiece of that Tomorrowland Rocket Tower Plaza. It's got the planets swirling around and everything. And I was like, I wonder if that inspired what is there in Tomorrowland today. Because because it really looks like it. That's possible. But I don't know. And it is a Jim Henson movie. Yeah. Did, and Frank Oz. Yeah. Did Disney help with that? With Dark Crystal? I don't think they... Not in that. Not in those days because they didn't... Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I'll have to... I mean, I've seen it more recently, but the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember that part. I'll have to I'll rewatch. I'll show it to you. Let me know what you think, people. Do you think the Tomorrowland Rocket Tower Plaza was inspired by the Dark Crystal? I think it could have been. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, all right. That's really all I wanted to say. Astro Orbiters are back. Tomorrowland is getting things and losing things, and everything's changing, and the world will never be the same. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I think Why? we're all going to be fine. Why do, do they die. have to change everything? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes things get outdated and need an update because they start to look old. And in that case, I understand it. But I do think sometimes Disney does change for the sake of change. I I think that Tomorrowland is supposed to feel old. That's, That's another part of it being silly is because, you know, it's not a realistic idea of what the future is going to be. Yeah. It's kind of like whenever you get old and... You want a sports car or a younger uh, lady in your life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like men like to go get a newer model Mm -hmm. of a car. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I really liked the whole concept of Tomorrowland was almost supposed to be like an off-planet city, like a downtown and where they had the alien extraterrestrial alien encounter was supposed to be like a convention center that they were doing a demonstration. And then they had the where the timekeeper was was also kind of a similar technology demo that they were doing like in a convention space. Yeah. That whole. Why doesn't that work? Why can't you make it like a like a metropolis kind of a thing? It's, a, it's like a on a future planet that doesn't exist where we've inhabited inhabited. It's got weird shaped trees. Here's a question I have. This is almost too scary to ask. Okay. Do you think they'll end up changing the Tomorrowland area music? Oh. Because I don't think it's going to work anymore. I don't know. Yeah. I think that they might. I think they might too because it sounds a little like it fit the aesthetic of what it was. And I don't think it's going to anymore. Huh. Do you think everything changed because of the sign? No, not the sign. The no, sign was the sign isn't the only thing that changed. They started by doing the painting of the buildings well, and then yeah. the, and then the Tron coming in and like they've been struggling with this whole concept of what should Tomorrowland be forever because yeah. they keep the problem is they they feel like it's not, it's similar to the Carousel of Progress. That last scene is supposed to be like the future. It's never the future because we we've got technology way better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you keep it updated and still feel like the future when the future keeps passing by what you're doing? 
So that's why the whole concept of a fantasy tomorrow works. Because we're never going to get there. Like, make it all aliens. And like aliens walking around, robots. Well, we're about to robots. find out if they're <laughs> aliens are real or not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, then that'll be passe. Mm-hmm. And so that's just, that won't be Tomorrowland anymore because it'll be Todayland. Yeah. I just thought about it, like the uh, the last scene of Carousel of Progress, and we we do have all that oh, yeah. stuff. It's all past. Yeah, we mm-hmm. we've had that stuff for a while. But imagine looking at that scene twenty years ago. It would have been like, oh, VR, that's cool. And being able to talk to your oven, wow, that would be cool. Yeah. You know? And now it's like... Although it does explode. Yeah. I think that if they want to update that, they could um, make it to where you look at the oven and blink, and it turns <laughs> on for you and starts preheating. It reads there you your go. mind. Yeah. Read your mind. Ah! <laughs> yeah, that could be scary. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm at a loss because, again, are we gonna, are we soon to hear they're going to make an announcement that there'll be a special limited time fireworks show called Tomorrowland Forever and a celebration of what Tomorrowland used to be <laughs> <laughs> and announcing Incredibles Land. Yeah. I don't know. That's possible. Oh. By Apple Land. Happy Monday. We're bringing you all down. Sad. You guys shouldn't be sad either. I'm, Disney is going to make it right. I don't know. No, I mean, however they do it, we'll, we'll all love it eventually. I think they need a little bit of new management. Like the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management? Bring in Iago. I I'm think <laughs> that as soon as they do anything to Tiki Room, I'm going on strike. Uh-oh, Garrett's going to get a universal AP at that point. Uh, yeah. no. He'll go hang out in Simpsons land, and then that'll go away because Disney owns that. And so he'll... <laughs> <laughs> All he'll have is Harry Potter. No, yeah. they can't take Simpsons land away. <laughs> I think they could make a pretty good one in Disney yeah, somewhere. Sure. That could go in the studios. Oh, I, yeah. I would like that. And They could take Nintendo away from Universal. Yeah, see, that's something I feel like they'd have trouble. Universal doesn't own Nintendo, but they've got that partnership. Well, they could take the partnership away. Yeah, I think that's going to be a huge chunk of this epic universe we heard about. I think they're going to have a big Nintendo land, which I'm pretty excited to see. I think yeah. that'll be really cool. Now, the How to Train Your Dragon land, I don't know. Oh, that could be cool, too. I don't know. I think that might be neat. I like How to Train I'm Your Dragon. I think up. it's good. I'm not caught up in those movies. It's going to have spoilers. <laughs> You, you better, better watch start it. watching. Yeah. And now I've lost my voice. <laughs> I guess we need to take a break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me take a sip of coffee. You guys do a great, a really good job filling dead air. You know <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You're choking me. Podcastering. What? Podcastering. When you're podcastering... You're supposed to cover for people who can't talk at the moment. You're always the one talking, though. <laughs> you always talk. We just jump in whenever we feel like we have a moment. I gave you a moment. In that other park, mm-hmm. you know, the one across the street? Mm-hmm. If they don't build up a Bowser's Castle or a Peach's Castle, then they're doing it all wrong. I agree. Yep, I'm with you, Garrett. All right. Well, on that note... We're going to take a break. We're going to send it on over to M34D. And when we come back for segment number three, 
we're going to be chatting about some things we've done lately that we've enjoyed. We're going to give you our thoughts and feedback. So stay tuned for that. Welcome back to the monorail. This is the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. And joining me in order to complete the dynamic duo is one, Landon the Dawes Doan. Landon, welcome back to the monorail. Hi, buddy. How you doing? I'm good, man. I hope you are, too. I know it's been a tough football weekend for us, but we're going to bounce What's back. What's football? I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to just move ahead. We are here today to get the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes train back on the rails. Uh, we missed out last week because there was a very special episode of which you were a part, where we were discussing our exciting adventure down in Galaxy's Edge with Frank Cardillo, and of course that kind of uh, that kind of episode. I I don't know what I was thinking. I really thought that oh, you know, this will probably be a 20, 30 minute conversation, and. No, of course it wasn't. And yeah. it, honestly, it probably could have gone on for another hour or more. Because oh, easily. It, we could have kept going. It, it was just you had to go uh, catch a movie with yeah. uh, McKenna Monorail. Yeah. Otherwise, heck, we still might be talking about Galaxy's Edge. I so I am kind of disappointed you didn't go back and edit the parts where I said, man, can you can or can you or can you not believe what I said in the in that segment of uh, M34D? You, you, you made me sound like a fool, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it, I set it up. I thought it was funny because I was like, <laughs> you may or may not have been on the last segment. And obviously you weren't. So yeah, there yeah, was clearly no, I wasn't. There was, was no I? prior segment. <laughs> 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 but we're going to make up for it today. We're going to have we're going to have an adventure of our own as we step into a storybook world and take a ride on the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, yes. Father. Back to fantasy land we go. And another dark ride, another fun family ride, and one that hasn't been there from the very start. But at this point, it's been with us 20 years. We actually just celebrated in June the 20th anniversary of the Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh in the Magic Kingdom, which is unbelievable. It's kind of crazy it's been with us that long. But yeah, yeah it, it, it's kind of crazy it's been with us that long. But on the flip side, it's kind of crazy it's only been with us this long because... This is something I guess I realized but had to be reminded doing the research for this segment. There hasn't always been a Winnie the Pooh attraction. And in the Disney era that you and I grew up, I mean, Pooh was a monster. Mm. Like, like <laughs> in, in, in a good sense, not a bad sense. I just want a clarification. He was a monster when it came to merchandise and popularity. Oh, yeah. So I was kind of... Again, I realized this, but I guess I needed it uh, jogged in my memory. I was surprised that it's only quote-unquote only been around for 20 years yeah yeah i know i well and but i think what happens is you think back to the history of where this attraction is and you realize oh well there was something exactly there. yeah you, you quickly remember oh yeah there was uh there was a such and such wild ride there wasn't yeah there? something that may have gotten uh canned that people ended up protesting about and <laughs> that was an interesting time in disney history 
I kind of wonder if that was like one By of- the way, we have a full M340D of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, the mm-hmm. uh, ride we're vaguely referencing, so be sure and check that out on the iTunes store. Also available at mondaymorningrealpodcast.com. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because um, you have the longest URL in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I when we talked about Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and we started talking about as it closed and as they kind of announced where they were going, the, the people coming in the park and basically picketing, mm-hmm. um, protesting. Oc- the Occupy Fantasyland. Yeah. Uh, that, I wonder if that's one of the first times a ride closure was treated with that sort of a backlash. Um, I mean, and in the times that we've been doing M34D, maybe it's happened at Disneyland. I don't know that it's happened, um, you know, in, in Disney World. I mean, before that, because obviously nowadays it happens all the time. This is what we do. Yeah, haven't you been on Diz Twitter? It's like like they're 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 a ball of anger, constantly outraged about something. It seems like. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear what might or might not happen to Figment? Good God! Uh, uh, leave a like and subscribe and comment, please. <laughs> well, I think personally, I I certainly do miss. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride in the Magic Kingdom, but but it makes it, for me, it's easier to take because it still exists. It's still in Disneyland, and if you want to experience that, I kind of like the fact that they've got differences in the two parks, and they aren't just identical. Um, so there's some things that you can experience here that you can't experience there, and vice versa. So that makes it a little easier. The other piece of this, as I was doing some research, was the fact that the Winnie the Pooh as a character and the Winnie the Pooh stories actually meant a lot to Walt himself. And as I kind of read through, basically what I learned was that um, Walt, his daughter, actually was a huge fan of uh, Winnie the, the Winnie the Pooh stories. And he initially tried to get the rights to Winnie the Pooh to start developing Disney Winnie the Pooh in, I think it said, 1938. Um, wow. Yeah, and so it ended up taking several years. Um, it, I think it kind of it kind of ended up that it was in the '60s, like '66 uh, or so, uh, when he actually ended up getting the rights to Winnie the Pooh, and it became a a Disney owned property at that point. But um, and then the the ride, as it's called, it's called the Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. It actually kind of takes several different little stories and, and kind of weaves them together um and the movie the featurette the mini adventures of winnie the pooh was one of the last animation uh productions that walt disney himself actually had a hand in he actually oversaw some of the development of that movie and that was one of the last ones he was involved in so walt is really kind of uh, you know a part of this his dna is is part of this ride and part of this story and part of these characters through the fact that you know his his daughter had such a fond uh, feeling towards them so you know it maybe if you know a little bit of that it helps a little bit uh, ease the pain of what we lost for the fact that this <laughs> i mean while mr toad's wild ride is is unique and interesting and fun i just don't i don't know if you know walt had the same affinity for it as he did for mr toad so you know keep that in mind while you're while you're grumping and complaining and you're allowed to do that but just keep in mind Walt would have been happy to see this ride go to the go to the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, probably. And also, while you're grumping and complaining, maybe go stand to that interactive uh, queue that's been updated here in the last uh, decade ish plus. Mm-hmm. Wait, no longer than a decade at this point. But it, regardless, very cool interactive queue. But I'm sure we'll get to that. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, one update. So he did attempt to get the rights, the movie rights in 1938, but he succeeded in 61. I think I said 66. So I just, I missed that one by a few years. But um, Man, how dare you. I know, I know. So thus, the idea to create a Winnie the Pooh attraction was born. And actually, the idea first came to the Imagineers' minds in the 70s. And they were going to put it initially at Disneyland in California uh, because Fantasyland was about to be redone. Uh, so they started to kind of develop this idea, we're going to put Winnie the Pooh out in Disneyland. But when the new Fantasyland opened in 83, there was no Winnie the Pooh attraction. It just wasn't there. And so Again, going back to my earlier statement, I'm surprised it's taken up till, what, 99 yeah. for a Winnie the Pooh attraction to make it to a Disney park, period. Yeah. Exactly. So they basically that it, it got put on the back burner, got put on hold, and it just ended up being that they had this perfect space for it when whenever they decided to to change out um, the the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and and part of that was because um, the characters, the the Winnie the Pooh characters, actually kind of went through a resurgence in popularity in the nineties. And, and so that was really like, well, now it's time to, st- it is finally time to strike while the iron's hot, <laughs> you know? So it's like, if you wait long enough, everything will become popular again. And absolutely then- <laughs> popularity cyclical, everybody. Same reason that, you know, now we just now got a star Wars land in Hollywood studios and that's only what forty-five years or so. After, <laughs> so timely, yeah. so timely. But it's popular again. <laughs> as I drink from my uh, Black Spire Outpost first order On mug brand. Right here, I, uh, I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Delicious uh, Empire Coffee. By the way, real quick, speaking on uh, your Empire Coffee, didn't y'all go back to Galaxy's Edge here recently? I went with yeah, we did, we did do that. Mm-hmm. So, so is that going to be talked about on a segment of the monorail that, that that I need to tune into? You might want to because that's something we might just be discussing here in the third segment now that you bring oh it. Oh, my God. We just had an in-show tease. That's what's <laughs> up. <laughs> but back to Winnie the Pooh. So the ride gets developed uh, for Walt Disney World. They use the exi- existing structure of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. and um, And then, as you said... During the Fantasyland expansion, uh, that's when they actually developed the interactive queue, which is supposed to resemble the 100-acre wood and kind of engage the children to to play a little bit more and, and be a little bit more, uh, you know, keep them from getting too antsy, just standing in mm-hmm. line uh, without much to see or do. So Because, I mean, like, like it doesn't have a longest way to say, like, Seven Dwarves minecart, but this is a ride that is going to generally have a weight that you're going to notice like 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 north of 30 minutes plus it seems yeah it depends i think it depends on uh the time of day a lot um because i think the biggest you know fantasy land dark ride weight you'll, you'll see will be for peter pan always peter pan yeah um and then if that one if people are kind of like turned off by the idea of waiting an hour and a half for peter pan then they probably because it's very close they can just walk over to Winnie <laughs> literally right next door yeah yeah so it's it's a easy it's easy to make that choice uh, because Winnie the Pooh is a good ride. I mean, <laughs> if you are a fan of the characters and if you are somebody who just likes the classic Fantasyland dark rides, there's a lot to really like about this. And it's not it's not going to be like the most technologically amazing ride that you're going to experience. 
but there's some pretty cool things that happen along the way. Um, and it really does. The idea is that it really takes you into a Winnie the Pooh storybook. So a lot of elements of like you see the pages with the written text and then you get to see these stories that you had read about kind of come to life in front of you. Um, the first scene as you go in after you after you board into your honeypot, um, you, you go into the first room and it's quite a blustery day. And um I like, I mean, the, the effects in this room seem to be relatively simple, but I think that it's pretty neat what they do, um, showing, like, I one of the things, of course, that sticks in my mind is uh, seeing Pooh, like, with his balloon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and it's just, like, it's it's a lot of really cute things. It's really cute. It's really sweet. Um, Heck, even the scene with Rue, like, like being blown away with Kanga holding on to him. It's like, yeah. I dig that. Like, yeah. like it's, it's, it's simple, but at the same time, like, just dig it. Yeah. Yeah. These aren't going to be, you know, the most technologically advanced animatronics you're going to see. You no, know, Rise of the Resistance, this is not. <laughs> they, they might have some limited movement and things, but it's just, it's cute and simple. And sometimes that's all you really want. And I think that, and, go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say it's like like simple really does seem like a very operative word here with these animatronics. But at the same time, simple isn't necessarily a negative. It's like I love seeing those animatronics and I know we're going to get to it later. But when Tigger shows up and starts yeah. bouncing up and down and and like I love seeing the, the, the Tigger animatronic and it's like he even makes reference to the point that he's in a ride at one point, which which I like if, mm-hmm. if, if you're fans of meta and stuff like that. But it's like <laughs> I dig those just very classic feeling Disney animatronics. That's right. Yeah, it does. It feels classic. It feels, mm-hmm. and it's somewhat timeless too. Cause you've talked about how some of the new animatronics with the projection faces, like how long is that going to feel like new mm-hmm. and neat and interesting before it feels a little bit off putting. And, and as I've already said, I think we're already in the age of like, yeah, some of those are like, Oh good God. Let's, 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 let's go back to the, to the, to the drum board, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I think some are really effective, but some are a little bit unsettling. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Now, as we mentioned, this did replace Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And they, as Disney sometimes does very well, they put some tips of the cap to Mr. Toad in this ride. And in that first scene, when you see Al's home, it's in a big mess, of course. But you're going to notice there's a picture. Because it is a blustery day, after all. <laughs> but you're going to notice there is a picture of J. Thaddeus Toad himself. Handing a deed over to Mr. Al. Basically, Mr. Al. How many licks does it take? Um, <laughs> wrong Al. Um, uh, but yeah, he's handing the deed over. But basically, that the whole idea is, yeah, Winnie the Pooh has taken on this property. And, and Mr. Toad was moving on. Um, and then there's also a picture of Pooh greeting Moly, Mr. Yep. Toad's sidekick, which is flat on the floor to the right. So... A couple little things just to notice there, which I I really like that kind of thing. And then, of course, don't forget, uh, Mr. Toad is hanging out in the pet cemetery <laughs> area of the haunted mansion. That's right. So, and like like after after we did the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride M three four D, I've been fortunate to go down to the park a couple times. Every time I go through haunted mansion, I always make a point. Yep. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, just a little nod your head, bow your head as you pass the Mr. Toad. Uh, cemetery and yeah, exactly, exactly. Get one of the sub. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe pour out a little of your uh, Red's Revenge as you pass by. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so so you move through the blustery day. The second room is exactly what you mentioned, the the scene with Tigger, and you get to bounce along. And this one is unique because your ride vehicle actually starts to bounce yeah. along with Tigger, which is, <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts of the ride, of course. Completely unexpected yeah. if, you, if you've never been on it. It's like, what is going on? Yeah. Cause, and it is, because even the ride vehicles, they seem like, oh, it's just a simple ride vehicle on a track. You just don't expect it to start doing that. Um, apparently, some of the technology that enables that to happen is basically like the front of the ride has a motion simulator type technology that they use to just rock the ride vehicle back and forth. Hmm. Um, but yeah, you get to bounce along with Tigger. Who doesn't love Tigger? Who doesn't want to bounce with Tigger through the woods? Yeah. And uh, then we transition into the Heflump and Woozle portion of the ride, <laughs> which uh, yeah, we do. Which at that point, it kind of feels like maybe Pooh uh, took too much cough syrup or something. <laughs> yeah, it kind of it kind of gets a little wild. It's 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 an interesting. Um, I don't like the ride takes a turn that you just maybe if you hadn't read it but ridden it before it's unexpected it's almost like that break in the haunted mansion where it goes from spooky to silly it's like Whoa. yeah i mean i i guess in that instance it could be that but it's like to me it's like when you go to the woozles and heffalump area or the the let's just call it what is it, an acid trip area <laughs> it like to me it feels like you're leaving one ride and going into another yeah. to me it feels like the heffalump and woozle area is like kind of cheap and and i know there's some like really cool pieces of art in there i've watched a couple uh ride throughs uh leading up to this but there's also a lot more pieces of art that just look straight up carny like the type of stuff that you could see at uh any sort of like state fair or whatever it doesn't feel very disney and it just takes me at least it took me out of the experience when I was uh, rewatching these and I thought maybe, maybe I'm being a little bit hard. Maybe I'm being uh, kind of ridiculous. Then I went and watched the Tokyo Disney version of this one with the trackless carts. Yeah. <laughs> and then their part with the Heffalumps and the Woozles area. Like, yeah, now I went from feeling it, like the Walt Disney one kind of carny to totally carny at that point. Yeah. Like cheap. You can't, it's, I guess it's probably not a fair comparison because the Tokyo Disneyland uh, Winnie the Pooh ride is, very cutting edge in terms of technology oh, and and and, and yeah. i agree with you but i felt that even before i yeah, went and no, watched the video of and, but i was going to go back to say but i do agree with you about this part of the ride and it's almost like they felt like like you said all due respect there's there's things in there that look kind of cool and you know the kids probably really enjoy it and maybe they didn't want to <laughs> go too over the top with it because they thought it might uh be overwhelming for a kid but i mean we already saw that with seven dwarf yeah or, uh, uh, snow white snow white me. yeah so yeah. but maybe maybe the idea was to save a little budget in this part of the ride because possibly because there are some other effects that are pretty cool i mean they actually use the Pepper's ghost effect in this ride yeah. when you see uh, yeah, Pooh fall asleep yeah. and then he kind of floats away, which is also somewhat unsettling. You might think he just <laughs> passed away. Um, but You're going to ask, what was in this coat that I <laughs> But it is cool, and that's that's really neat that they included that in the ride. Um, and then you know maybe they were like, well, we kind of blew the budget on the Pepper's ghost effect for Pooh, so let's, <laughs> let's maybe take it easy in the heffalump portion. It's a lot I mean, I guess, but at the same time, you have to remember, this is a ride that was made, like, at the turn of the century. 
Yeah. Like, 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 like this, this is a still relatively new ride. And that was what they decided to go with in 1999. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on, y'all. I think you hit it on the head, though. It feels, it definitely feels like something you would experience if you rode like a little, uh, kind of a dark ride at a state fair or something. That's, Mm -hmm. that's pretty, pretty accurate. So really, you get through the heffalump portion, you, you move into an area of, uh, there's like rain and clouds and thunder and lightning. And, um, then you, uh, you get to see all your favorite characters getting soaked by the rain, (laughs) (laughs) which is what everybody stood in line for. Yeah. Um, until the, you know, we get to the end and of course, Pooh's got his honey and, um, they, they wrap by the way, now that you brought that up. Let's let's address the elephant in the room. Pooh is an addict. Like 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 Pooh has 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 issues, and I think it's kind of exploitive of Disney. Yeah, the dude. No, no, I'm just we shouldn't be <laughs> celebrating his his honey addiction. Maybe actually, this is this is a podcast intervention. Pooh, please have a seat <laughs> over there. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He does have a honey problem, but in this case, I guess it's better than having a smack. Or he's a bear. I mean, he could like to eat red meat, and you know that, that could be scary. The scary yeah, yeah. Of poo. I hadn't thought of that. And, and, and plus, smack is more of a frog thing. Never mind. <laughs> Gotta have my smacks. Heck yeah! Shout out to smacks the frog. <laughs> um. So all in all, you know, it's a fun ride. There's cool things to see in it. I wanted to give a shout out to the the voice cast they use because. There's a couple of the original voice actors that actually lend their voice to the ride. One of them being uh, John F- uh, Fiedler as Piglet, and then the, or Fiedler, and then the other being um, Paul Winchell, the voice of Tigger. Who this was the last time I guess that he actually voiced Tigger himself, from from what I read, mm. because um, his voice had started to become a little too raspy. And eventually, Jim Cummings, the voice of that does the voice of Winnie the Pooh on this ride, took over for uh, uh, Paul Winchell. So I didn't, I didn't know uh, Cummings took over his uh, Tigger at one point. But yeah. wow, yeah. If uh, if you're a fan of the classic Disney voices that accompany these classic Disney characters, that is another reason to enjoy this ride. Absolutely. I mean, and by the way, Paul Winchell. Um, he actually did a few other things that were kind of interesting. He he developed a method for cultivating tilapia fish in a remote African village as a mean of means of solving hunger. And Whoa. it's kind of an interesting connection because now you can see in Epcot if you ride the land. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, they do the tilapia farming there. Um so and then he also I'm reading that he held patents for an artificial heart. A flameless cigarette lighter, a disposable razor, and invisible garter belt. So this guy had, oh my a, God. had a voice, but he was also pretty inventive. And yeah, I was gonna say it really feels like. Oh yeah, by the way, I did some voice acting work for some stuff you might have heard of. But here are all of my inventions. Right. Wow. So so just because he couldn't voice Tigger anymore, don't think this guy didn't have a lot of other things. Going wow. On. <laughs> but then uh, Jim Cummings is kind of a famous voice around the parks. Because, yes, he does voice Winnie the Pooh for the Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh and replaced Winchell as Tigger uh, for the Disneyland ride. But he he himself, Jim Cummings, is the narrator for Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. Mm. So, and, and apparently he's done a lot of other Disney voices just kind of around the parks here and there. You but, know, this Jim kid, I think he might have a future in this voice acting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, just maybe. 
Yeah, of course, Illuminations is going away from us. This is the last week that you can see it. So if you want to hear that famous Jim Cummings narration on that show, you're, you're going to have to go out there this week. R.I.P. Illuminations. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. There's some pretty neat little history, little neat fun facts that you can find when you when you read about uh, what all went into this. And I just think some of the things that it, it never um, ceases to amaze me how sometimes ideas are um, hatched by Imagineers and then it seems like it just gets kind of tossed away. But years, decades later, it just they resurface and they end up using those ideas in one way or another. And this is just another example of that happening. So... Die ideas. I've I've heard it said that ideas never die in Walt Disney World or or the Disney parks, and it seems like that is very true. So yeah, I mean, it definitely does seem like, in, at least in this instance. I mean, we talked about just from the time it was thought, hey, we should have a Winnie the Pooh attraction. To the time we actually got one was what thirty ish years. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. Ideas never die at Disney. They just they just hang out in the background, maybe go get a smoke break and come back and be like, oh, cool, cool, now you need me. Yep. Um, oh, here's a couple other interesting fun facts. Paul Winchell. Wait, 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 wait. I will be the judge of whether these are fun facts. Please proceed. Okay. Paul Winchell is the father of April Winchell, a current Disney voice actor who voiced several roles for Goof Troop, as well as Cruella DeVille and Clarabelle Cow. Okay, anytime Goof Troop is invoked is, in fact, a fun fact. Please proceed. <laughs> okay. Um, and then here's another one that I believe is pretty fun just because this is a ride that I also miss from the past of Walt Disney World. But as you walk through the interactive queue, you will notice there is a carving inside the treehouse play area of the Nautilus from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. All right, I, in fact, will... Deemed that a fun fact. <laughs> okay. <Ow. laughs> you need a gavel. I do because because I think I just uh, I am deeming I broke my uh, knuckles. So <laughs> not a fun fact. <laughs> All right. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about with the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Landon? Uh, no, I really think we covered everything that uh, that I brought to the uh, table. Oh, uh, other than I guess go watch a ride through of Tokyo uh, Disney's version of this because oh my god, it is so cool. It is so cool. That trackless ride technology, like I'm just blown away by it every time I see it. As if you were in a blustery day in the Hundred Acre Woods, blown away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say, uh, sorry. Didn't mean no, to No, no, I was, was going to say uh, uh, the one thing I wanted to add, I love the way this ride ends. You come to the last page of a book with the end. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little bow on it and, and staying on theme of that you were in the storybook pages. And that because because it's like uh, this is something I didn't realize until I watched a video uh, doing prep for this. If you pay attention to the pages throughout the queue, it tells you the story of what you're about to experience. Mm-hmm. So if you if you'd been reading everything from the time you got into the queue to the time you're about to get off the ride, you have a literal beginning and an end. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice connection of just, uh, you know, the power of the imagination, the the depth of storytelling that goes on in, in a lot of these, you know, children's books. And um, it's, I don't know, I think it's a perfect dark ride for Fantasyland. And while 
sure they could update some of these things, like maybe maybe improve a little bit uh, in that heffalump section. I just like we said, some of the things and methods that they use uh, for the special effects in the ride are effective, and I think they're t- really timeless. I, I, it's one of those things where it's not going to seem it's it's never going to seem kitschy because it just seems cute and. Um, it, it's it does what it needs to do for to get the story across for the ride, so that's what I think. And I do think that you should give it a shot. I think you can typically. This is another one of those that I would recommend that if you if you've used your fast passes earlier in the day and you've got the opportunity to get that rolling forth, you could do that. But you're not you're, you'll miss the interactive queue. So if that's interesting to you and the line is you know somewhere in the twenty minute range or something, I would do that. Um, because because I, the queue is cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, y'all. Gnarly. <laughs> no, no. The queue is cool. It's one of those like, like we talked about uh, Seven Dwarves Mine. They have some interactive parts of that queue. It's like I don't know if I would stand in line for the weight you normally would with Seven Dwarves just to interact. Yeah. With the queue, I would consider this with uh, with with Winnie the Pooh, depending on how long the wait is, because the queue is really cool. Like like I really dig those those swiping screens with the honey. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. I like yeah, that's such a cool effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are fun. Like you can write words in honey. Like, yeah. like if you write really fast, you can write swear words. No, don't every, do that. Make all the kids around you really happy. The parents, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> All right. Well, go go ride many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I would love to know um, if we if we've got people out there. Like, what are your what are your thoughts on this ride? Is it one of your favorites in Fantasyland? For me, did I make you angry when I said that one section of it's kitschy and carny? <laughs> <laughs> for me, I would put it up there. I mean, honestly, like I've got a kind of a new appreciation for uh, the Little Mermaid dark ride because the last couple times we've ridden it, there's things that I've noticed about it that I hadn't noticed before. And when all of it's working, I think it's very cool, but we'll get to that one eventually. But, um, I guess if you balance it with kind of the wait time and then the experience that you get, it's gotta be, it's up there, you know, with, with one, of, one of the ones that I would recommend, recommend the most for kids, especially if you've got kids who are fans of the Winnie the Pooh characters. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you have little ones, excuse me, in your party that are fans of Pooh, this is a must do. And even if you don't, yeah, depending on if you can snag that fast pass or depending on if the wait isn't that long, I too would say this is an experience you need to well experience because it's like, if you, if you can only ride one dark ride in Fantasyland, clearly I would suggest do uh, Peter Pan. But at the same time, Peter Pan always has a really long yeah. wait, so maybe head right down the road to poop. Yep, exactly. All right. Well, now let's head right down the road to Landon's plugs. What have you got going on in the rest of your digital offerings, sir? And how can people uh- find it? Oh, yeah, that would be uh, <clears throat> L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me, Landon Doan. I'm the best, Landon Doan, not the rest. Singing at a lower pitch than I wanted to start at. Anyway, uh, that is where you can find me, 280 characters at a time on Twitter. I also own a website, buttmunchchips.com, buttmunchchips. Sit on your butt and munch. Uh, that's where you can find older podcasts such as Game of Thrones Talk, a.k.a. Got Talk, the R&D Project, Near Fall Radio, if you're a fan of the Sweet Science of Professional Wrestling. But in lieu of that, I invite you to go search all three of those terms in the iTunes store because they are available there. Uh, and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Five stars or GTFO, I believe, as the kids say. 
Oh, and I'm also on the Phil Show on News Talk 98.7 WOKI, radio station here locally in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, streaming worldwide at Newstalk987.com, also available on the iHeartRadio app, which is available in the iTunes and Google Play Store. And I also believe we just have a straight-up app for ourselves. Search News Talk 987, and you can download it there. The, the pause gets longer every time. I'm waiting. When, when are we going to get to the point where it actually lasts until the next episode? I think it'll happen at some point. Yeah, at some point, I'm just going to go to the pauses, and I'm going to click leave meeting, and it's, I'm just, I'm just going to be gone. <laughs> that would be pretty good, because I think when you leave, it would do like a ding-dong sound or something. Beep, boop. It's like, okay, well, there goes Lando. Yeah. <laughs> just out the door. I yep. appreciate that. Also, real quick, speaking of getting out the door before we do that, it's been like two weeks since I've been back to Walt Disney World, and I'm jonesing to go back. So I'm only half joking when I say this. I'm going to set up a GoFundMe so people can (laughs) give me money to fund my trips back to Walt Disney World. Because you know what? I'm doing it for y'all, if you really think about it. I'm doing it for you, the lovely listener, every yeah. time I go down there. Just as we Don't f- you want me to go down there for you? <laughs> Just as we said on, this, on the Galaxy's Edge episode, we, exactly. we have an obligation to do this. So <laughs> Yeah, we, 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 need a, we need a two weeks after the fact episode. I need to go back and compare my times in line and my thoughts on the drinks, too, to see if they... Still hold up two weeks later. Do you think anybody's buying this? <laughs> it's possible. So keep your eyes out. Keep 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 your eyes open. If you follow Landon on Twitter, maybe you'll see a link coming up for the GoFundMe. Send me back to Disney World. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, screw it. I'm going to do it now. <laughs> it's already out there. It's it's on the internet. I have to. <laughs> All right, Landon. Well, thanks for joining me. And and if you end up you know, in Disney world next weekend, because you've suddenly come into an unbelievable (laughs) amount of cash. I'll see you then. Otherwise I'll see you right back here on the monorail. All right. Sounds good. I'm going to go ahead and count my money. Welcome back to the monorail. Hope you enjoyed M34D today. We were talking all about the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, that's, that's such a cute ride. It is cute. I think I said that multiple times on, oh, okay. on this segment because it is cute. I love that ride. I mean... It is, is, very, is very good. When Tigger starts making the little thing, your little cart yeah, see, bounce. That's, that's so the best cute. Part. That's the best part for me. Yeah. Is it the best dark ride in Fantasyland? What's the other ones? Hold on. You got Little Mermaid. You got Peter Pan. I. Hold on. I'm still talking about Winnie the Pooh. I am too. I, I'm asking the, if the scene is, that I like. Yeah. The, the most is when he's like in the void. He's entered the void. When he when they do the little ghosting and he floats away. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's yes, the. W- our joke about that today was that they blew all their budget on that special effect and that's why the heffalump and woozle feels like you're at a state fair (laughs) (laughs) i think i like winnie the pooh the most it's hard to pick between that and little mermaid but peter pan's bottom the last one yeah i like winnie the pooh the most Hmm. the little mermaid one gets a little scary when it's not working right 
and also Ariel looks really weird. I think for me, it's third place. I think I like Peter Pan the best. What? I like Ariel the second, Little Mermaid the second, and I think when, but I still like it. It's my least favorite. That's insane. I think if given the choice, I would want that one to be the one that sticks around. Put it on equal ground. No weight. No weight. You just walk on. Right. I'm still going to say Winnie the Pooh. All right. I think Peter Pan is a little boring. I like that you're riding on the flying pirate ships. I think that's fun. Yeah, but... All you do is, I mean, you pass by, you can see down below, like, rooftops. Yeah, And the cool. only cool thing that even remotely happens is when they're on the ship. That's cool. But I, that's I like, it. I think it's cool. I think, I, the ride's cool. I think that the ride is cute, and it's fine, but Winnie the Pooh is cute and fun. Okay. To me, the little thing bounces around because Digger is bouncing you. How fun is that? Come on. <laughs> Come on. And the Heffalumps are so cute. They're, they're scary. They're not supposed to be cute. <laughs> no, they're cute. They'll take your honey. And all right. It's sweet. Well, and then Winnie the Pooh, and it's all a dream. <laughs> tell us your rankings. I want to know if you are a faithful listener. What is your fantasy land ranking for the dark rides? Would you Would you put Winnie the Pooh number one? Or would it be number three? Or would it be two? I don't know. It's up to you. Hmm. And Pooh. Hmm. Go Pooh. Switcheroo skidoo. Um, okay. So, wanted to talk a little bit about a couple of things that we've done recently. And these were new experiences for us, both of them. First off, we went back to Galaxy's Edge. Yep. And we spent more money. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> um. We did end up getting another ride in Smuggler's Run in. We were engineers. Garrett got to be a gunner. Ah. But see, we didn't even go single rider and we got engineers this time. The wait was what? 35 minutes about? Yeah, it wasn't so bad. Is it worth a 35 minute wait to be an engineer? No. See? I, it's, five minutes isn't that bad. It's not a long wait. The queue is it's cool. Uh, I don't know. I just... I. I can't tell you how disappointed I was yeah. to not be pilot. I really taken the gunner. I I offered you. No, I didn't want to be gunner. I wanted to be pilot. I've been gunner and I've been engineer. I've yet to be a pilot. Yeah. And then those three people in front of us had to mess it all up. Oh, and by the way, they they had very good. They had no idea what they were doing. No, (laughs) no. There were a couple of times where the pilots just flew into things. Yeah, yeah, they did. I Uh, saw that one of the pilots, the left and right one, just moving it around. Yeah. Take it seriously, people. Seriously. This isn't a game. And uh, I heard them when they walked off, they're like, oh, I was the left and right pilot. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, anyway, what we actually did, which was a new experience, was we went to Droid Depot and we built a couple of droids. And Droid Depot is is really cool. You can actually go in there. You don't have to have reservations to go in. And actually, you don't have to have reservations to build because they do have a standby line. If you have reservations, you go ahead of all the standby people. You just go right in. Um, so I don't know how long it might take if you see that there's a standby line. It could be a while. We had reservations for two, and we built one of each. So we built an R-Droid, and we built a B-Droid. Garrett built the B. I built the R, of course, because I'm old. Yes. And I represent the old people. Not as old as Frank. And I speak for the trees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 
let's compare it a little bit. So for, first of all, what did you think overall? What did you think of the experience? What, did you? I thought it was really cool. You liked it. It was. I know you were a bit frustrated just because you wished that there were maybe a few more customization options for every the every option of the head and body should have every color. I agree. Yeah, and the the I think. As I now reflect on that, I almost feel like they do it on purpose because you can get the sticker packs and the customization stuff and you can fix it if you want to pay some more money. Yeah. But you can't always make a head and body that match on the B-Droid. Unless you want to go plain and simple. Yeah, unless you go plain and simple. And then get your custom stickers and stuff later. Uh, The R-Droid, I felt like it was maybe easier to make a matching head and body. And And those ones have the clear head too. Yeah, they've got the clear heads. Those are really cool. Those are pretty neat. I actually started out building a clear head, and then as I looked at it, I was like, nah, I think I want to go. Because I started out with the R2, the dome, and then I was like, well, maybe I want to do something a little different. And I went with an R0, so it's like kind of the, uh, what would you call it? It's almost like a cylinder kind of a shape. Yeah. Um, it's a little different. but I, I would say to people who are going into this that they should make R2 units. You would give them that advice? Yeah. The B is pretty cool. Now, when you've played with it since, you found out that you have to you have to like pair it with your remote like every time you turn it on. It, I wonder no. if that's true. No? no, it's not doing that anymore. Mm. It was doing that. Yeah, it was something was wrong with it. But now, if if I turn it on and off, it it's already paired. Okay, so you did have a little issue there that we had to kind of work out. But um, and the controls are really wacky. Yeah, there you can't just turn it. It will turn all the way around, and if you press it once, it doesn't move. But if you press it twice, it goes like Too twelve much. feet. <laughs> yeah, the controls are a little wild. The R the R units are a little easier to control, um, and uh, they have like more accessories. And that they you can get talk a lot more. They, I, at least for mine, wasn't talking. I don't think mine talked at all. It was just going to sleep a couple times. Yeah. So, and yours was I could hear yours. There's some things to think about there. So the way it works is after you after you check in, you go to the desk. They you they actually you have to decide at that point whether you want to make a B or an R. They give you a tray, and in the tray there are instructions for what pieces you need. You go over to the conveyor belt wall where all the pieces are going by, and it's kind of a feeding frenzy. Everybody's reaching in, grabbing stuff, but there's plenty of pieces. Like I don't think I saw like an item that was like oh there's only one of these. Like there typically was multiple pieces. Um, if it is, it is sometimes a little difficult and you got to be patient if you want to match everything. I ended up scrapping designs multiple times, putting pieces back, getting more pieces, but overall, like getting the things you needed is pretty straightforward as far as knowing what pieces you need. And once you have that, you take your tray over, you let them, you let a cast member know that you're ready and they find a space for you in like on the building table where there are um, powered like screwdrivers that you can actually like you pull them down. You actually get to screw some pieces in, and it feels like you really are like building the droid. It's it's a pretty neat experience. It's it's different, way different than Savvy's because you don't have somebody standing with you the whole time. And in fact, it's pretty wild and busy in there. And sometimes it's hard to get the cast member when you do need them. Right. Um. So that's something. It's just it's a little. It's more like a. It feels like you're in a factory. A droid factory. Um, the details in there are really cool, though. Like, I like above you, you've got droid parts kind of hanging down on uh, hooks that are kind of moving through that are like the full size, full, full size droid pieces. 
it's pretty neat to see all the stuff along the walls and in the cages because there's it's like every droid you can possibly imagine that you've ever seen in a Star Wars movie is somehow represented in this room. And then like in the neighboring store where they just sell accessories and um, shirts and different items that aren't really related to building a droid, they've got that full-size R2 that's you could take home yourself for $25,000. <laughs> yeah, not. <laughs> yeah. They actually told me, I want to take a picture of it, and the lady told me, just don't touch it. Which I was like, really? I just want to, I can't touch it. I'm not going to break it. I just want to touch it. <laughs> but, yeah. So it's there. I get it. It's expensive. They don't want people messing it up. But that was a little sad. I guess it does, sometimes it moves and beeps and stuff. It didn't do it when I was there. Huh, interesting. It, it did last time. It did when you when you saw it? Wait. I don't know what we're talking about. The R2, the big Oh, R- yeah, yeah, it did. When when we were there the first time, it was moving a lot. Oh, I didn't, I guess I didn't notice. It was but going pretty crazy. The times that I've gotten close to it, it's just been like in low power mode, I guess. Not- it, it goes sometimes for a while not doing anything, but then whenever it's doing stuff, it does a lot. Like it will turn a lot and beep. Yeah. Well, I, I missed it. I guess a lot of people were taking pictures with it that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't build a droid. No, I know. You haven't <laughs> built a droid. You didn't build a lightsaber. You need no. to build something. It's okay. Actually, yeah, I just want to do a chef's table at Victoria <laughs> and Albert. <laughs> so, I think it was fun. I enjoy, I actually enjoyed it. I really like my droid. It's sitting right here over my shoulder in the office. And I've named it affectionately because it's an R0. It's R0 M3. <laughs> for Monday morning Monterey. Oh, he's our little mascot. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty proud of my little droid. And I like, it's fun to get out and play with. Um, scares the dog and cats to death. So yeah, that's I, fun. I, I roll mine towards Ringo a lot. Yeah. He, he reacts the craziest to it. Yeah. He's really scared. <laughs> <laughs> I named mine BB57. <laughs> I don't know why. That was the first number that came to my mind. Yeah. And we, we like to say it's a tribute to Heinz 57. Yes. But it's good. They're both good. I mean, it's a cool building experience. Just, just I think if you decide to do it, understand that there's not a lot of like personalized time with the cast members. It's not the same kind of like almost like a white glove experience like you get with Savvy's. It's a little different. The droids are really cool, though. And um, it's fun because, you you know, you've got that pride of ownership of you put this thing together and it's yours so it's pretty mm-hmm. neat but then i guess you blame yourself if it doesn't work right so yeah <laughs> uh, the whole process of it coming to life is pretty neat when you get to hit the activate button that's cool so and they do like when you walk around they do the droids we ended up going to docking bay 7 after we made them and we had the droids with us and there were other droids in there and our droids were interacting with the other droids which was pretty neat yeah that yeah. was cool mine that was one of the times that mine talked without me pressing anything yeah and it seemed like they got louder. Yeah. I don't know if that was my imagination, but it seemed like they got louder. No, I think they were is almost like they were excited or yeah. something. <laughs> um, and just so everyone knows, I finally got to eat at Docking Bay 7, yeah. and I got to try Oga's, and I oh, really yeah, we did like, all that stuff. Yeah, and I hadn't done it yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think, Garrett, you did either. You had never been to Oga's. Yeah. I'd been to Docking Bay 7, but I didn't yeah. eat anything. I liked the food. I thought it was very good. Um, uh, I we I, got we got the ribs yeah, and, and we got the roast. I think I like the roast yeah, better. It's better. It's yeah. so good. It was very good. Um, and Garrett got the tip yip the chicken. Chicken. Yeah. Uh, yes. 
Did you like it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd had there a bite. much of it. It was very good, uh, his chicken was. I just had a tiny bite. Um, and I really liked Ogas. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. I like the weird um, stuff that they have in their drinks, like that numbs your mouth or something. I yeah. like DJ Rex. So this time I ordered the Fuzzy Tauntaun. And we'll talk about DJ Rex because I'm a big fan of DJ Rex. But this time I ordered the Fuzzy Tauntaun and it's got some sort of a foam they put on top of it that like makes your mouth and tongue, mouth, your whole mouth, your lips, your mouth, your tongue tingle. That was an interesting experience, a little bit unsettling, but it was cool. Um, so I tried that. And then I also tried a non-alcoholic thing. I tried the, um, it was like the Black Spire Brew, which they put, it's coffee, but there's like a, I can't even remember what all they put in it. It was Joffrey's Coffee. It's Joffrey's Coffee, but it's got like a fruity kind of an element to it. And I don't know, it was, all of it's weird. Everything in there is just a little bit weird. That's You I tried think. the jet juice. It was so good. It was like a, it, it's a shot. It was, yes. People should know that's a I shot. I didn't shoot it. No, you were sipping I it. I sipped it. Um, because it's a, a larger shot. Yeah. Uh, but... It was it was weird. I yeah. mean, and it had some kind of like tingly, uh, or was it like a spicy, spicy, spicy yeah. element to it? I was I was trying to look it up real quick. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it had uh, a chili liquor in it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the bartender said that was his favorite thing on the menu was the jet juice, and, and it, I, it I was had, interesting. Yeah, I think didn't I have the Jedi mind trick? Yeah. At the beginning, you did, and I thought that was pretty good too. But I am still, a, I I like going to the bars at Disney. Mm-hmm. Like I like Baseline Tap House and Hollywood Studios. I think Oga is, is cool, and um, but I was a little disappointed that they don't mix their drinks. They're already pre-made. Yeah, um, except for the Skyhopper. Yeah, we know they mix the Skyhopper at the time because it's got the half and half in it. Yes. But otherwise, everything is pre-made, and it's in these like big containers, and they just tap it. Yeah, and so um, that kind of you know that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, but but I don't know. I like going and uh, like hitting some of the places around the park and just having someone make me a drink. Yeah. I like alcohol too. <laughs> no, I was waiting. So you you mentioned that you enjoy DJ Rex. That's a cool. Yeah. Um, element of the bar. I like the songs. They're really good. And the lights in, in the cantina yeah. uh, change to the music. They do. And DJ Rex does a good job of keeping the party going. Mm-hmm. They like, they. like We heard them play the uh, kind of remix of the cantina music yeah. from Star Wars, which was cool. That was really cool. And they have a drinking song they play where people go, hey, hey, and I still haven't got the timing down of when you're supposed to do I that. I did. But I wasn't doing it loud. <laughs> I don't. I was off every time. I was behind. I didn't have a drink there because the, I just didn't figure it one out. I wasn't very thirsty. Yeah, there was something going on. But I did have a sour sarlacc again, mm-hmm. and I I, I love those. <laughs> yeah, um, I was gonna talk about that. Uh, oh, Black Spire Brew that That's, you had. Yeah. Did you say that? Okay. I said it, but I didn't mention what was in it. It's weird. Yeah. Um, it's it doesn't it have some sort of fruit. Yeah, it's uh, cold brew coffee, honey, something called fall faller num, passion fruit and citrus. Yeah. 
and it tasted every bit as strange as it sounds. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a point of the drinks in there mm-hmm. is they're strange. Mm-hmm. Stranger drinks. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I had a good time going to those places and trying mm-hmm. out stuff. That was pretty cool. It was fun. It's, it's crowded, and they really try to move you in and out of that place. And now, I was happy because when we first went in there, they actually gave us enough space for the three of us at the bar. And then immediately, there was another group of three that they came and squeezed in in the space that was only big enough for one to our right. And we had to we had to cram in a little bit. And I kind of wish that they wouldn't do that because it really does mess up the experience a bit. Yeah. They're, o- they're overfilling that place. Well, and when we were going in, I don't know if you guys heard the lady, but she said there's a two drink maximum and mm-hmm. 45 yeah. minute maximum time allowed in yep. there. So you can't hang out. No. I mean, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. But um, I could see why. But I'm sure there are people who would stick around for way too long. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it dies down enough that you can eventually, you know, go in and grab a table and hang out for a little bit. Yeah. And people don't want to just sit there for hours and, um, you know, you don't get regulated. Yeah. And they tell you it's a 90, 90% standing room place. And it really is like the only seating is booths around the outside and they're booths for like groups of 10 or something. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very big booths. So we have not gotten a booth. We've had to stand both times I've been, I've been at the bar. I've not been at one of the little floating tables, but um, it's this time we were closer to DJ Rex. Uh, we were on the opposite side. So when, when Frank and Landon and I went, you know how the bar, let's say it's a U shape. We were at the tip of the U. So that was, it was a high traffic area. It was a little busy there mm-hmm. where we were, was on the back side. Um, this time and it was a little better but still it's just i just wish they didn't cram so many people in and try to move you out so quick it's it it just messes it up a little bit yeah um but yeah doggy bay seven is very good when ogas starts to become more regular it'll be good it better it'll be it's still it's good but it'll be better yes um and so i'm looking forward to that but um it's still it's still so cool to be able to experience that stuff I do, I really, I like the whole concept of this is a planet that isn't from any of the movies. It's just this new thing that we've never experienced. Part of me is like, if they ever added anything, it would be pretty neat if there was a way that they could do like a, all right, let's go to Tatooine and now you're in Tatooine for a while, or let's go to Hoth or let's go to Endor, the moon of Endor, you know, something. It would be cool if you could experience some of the things you've seen in the movie. You know, it'd be really cool. It's just, I just thought of this all of a sudden when you were talking about this, but, um, if they could do away whenever the crowd dies down and, you know, it becomes easier to get in and around. And if they had sometimes aliens come through, yeah, like cool. walk through and um, maybe stop and interact for a moment with uh, people mm-hmm. like the stormtroopers do, but then leave. Yeah. Um, or even it'd be fun if they had like a scene where two of them start arguing for a moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I had a cool idea they could do. You know that corner where Kylo Ren's ship is? They could every once in a while, like not at a cons- consistent schedule, lay down some rope at the entrances so people would stop there. And then they could have people like stormtroopers walk out of the ship and like resistant people mm-hmm. resistance people show up and they like pew, pew, <laughs> each other. Oh yeah, a little shootout. Yeah. That'd be cool. I mean, that's part of like 
um, stuff that would happen in the movie. Yeah. You know, people get... Because there's a, a whole dilemma, uh, a universal battle that's going on. Mm. So, um, Galactic. Galactic. Thank you. I couldn't <laughs> think of the word. But, yeah. It is a Star War. Oh, it truly is a Star War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's. I think there is more stuff that they could have going on in the land. They could have like a little particle thing, like an emitter on the side of the ship. So someone like misses a shot at a stormtrooper and it like pew, yeah. on the side of the ship. Just a little firework element. Yeah. Be neat. They could also hire our family to help them with these <laughs> ideas because we are like just full of them. I do think it would be neat if there was some sort of like a Jedi demonstration or something. I'm sure that will happen. I feel like I remember when we initially heard about this land that there they said there were going to be droids moving around the land. Mm-hmm. I remember that too. So maybe that's something that'll happen eventually when it dies down a little bit. C-3PO. I also remember them saying that you'd be able to see Jedi walking up and down the streets that were like manipulating things with the force. Yeah. And that's not happening yet. So, I I still really want um, an empire like show. Yeah, where well, they kind of do it right. But you're talking more of like a recruiting kind yeah, of. A show. Yeah, yeah. I want someone on the stage like yelling, and a few of them out there like raw, yeah. you know, and them talking about how they're going to take down the resistance and stuff, mm-hmm. and like. The guy who plays in the movie um, in uh, The Force Awakens, is that the one where there's, it has that crazy scene? Oh, yeah, like with Domhnall Gleeson. Is that his name? Yeah. The guy. I mean, he's he's so good at that role. Yeah. And um, so something like that mm. would be... It would, it would be exciting I, to see something like I that. I will say, for the first time... Um, since I've been going to the land, I actually saw like a uniformed officer, like a first order officer walking around, which was something I hadn't seen previously. And I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You know what I think they should do? It could be like a glove, like a Harry Potter wand kind of thing, but it's like a glove with a sensor on it. Mm -hmm. And you can like point it at things around the, the land and it would move. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great idea, but I think they would think that was too much like a ripoff of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Yeah, but mm. I think it is that is a cool idea. Yeah, I agree. So no, no. Anyways, but these are all just things we're talking about that would enhance the land further because I still think they're doing a great job with it, and it's really oh, yeah. fun to visit. It's very cool. So I love it. It's so much. We're fun. just being picky right now. Yeah. No, we're being idealist. Idealist. <laughs> we're we're doing fantasy imagineering, as I like to say. Yes. Yeah, we'll see what the land is like too when the Just hotel opens because that'll be interesting. Jedi Kermit, Jedi Kermit, yeah. <laughs> Just move the move the Muppets into the Star Wars canon, and that's how they get saved. There you go. Yeah, Luke Skywalker saves the Muppets. <laughs> that's my favorite comic book, <laughs> or my favorite Christmas special. That sounds like a Christmas special. But all right, well. Anything else you guys wanted to say about that or ready to wrap up for the day? Yeah. I mean, um, unless we want to talk about that restaurant that we went to. I think we'll save that. Okay. Let's, and we'll save it because we'll let McKenna talk about it too. Um, but yeah, we can we can hang on to that one. Okay. For now. No, I, I'm good. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today. 
We always love doing this podcast and we love interacting with you guys. So continue to do that, please, on our social medias. We are at Morning Monorail on Twitter, Monday Morning Monorail on everything else. You can email us at mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and a website, mondaymorningmonorailpodcast.com. I didn't do a blog last week. I'll try to do one this week and we'll see what I come up with. Yeah, good luck with that, with all your work. Or Garrett could do one. Oh, or maybe I could do my work and homework. (laughs) This is homework. I'm giving you homework. Nope. And so, yeah. But give us a shout out. Tell your friends about us. Rate us and review us on the iTunes store or wherever else you subscribe to your podcast. It really helps people find us. And it also makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside. Just like a fuzzy tauntaun. Oh, gosh. (laughs) And I thought they felt weird on the outside. How gross. I don't know. That's a weird statement. <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> All right. With that being said, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a magical week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. (laughs) See y'all real soon.